Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is, as always, brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Thrown like a star, my vaccine fire opened my eyes to take a peek to find that I was by the sea, gazing with tranquility. Just then, when the hurdy gurdy man came singing songs of love. Back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast of thefilmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan. With me today, my acolytes, my followers, we have Michael Snydell. Hello. And Bill Graham. Woo! Truly, we are the three brothers who came to the island. And I don't know, I don't want to give away <laughs> shit for Apostle just yet. Today we are here to review... Apostle, the new Netflix original movie, this written and directed by Gareth Evans of The Raid fame. So, you kind of already have an idea of what to look forward to in this movie, I feel. And we're here to talk about it. Before we do that, the usual nonsense, Twitter, at Film Stage Show, Facebook, The Film Stage Show, email us, podcast, to thefilmstage.com, and of course, give us a comment and a rating on iTunes. Also, if you would like to speak with us one-on-one in a live, interactive environment, you can become part of our patrons and talk to us on Slack by going to patreon.com slash thefilmstageshow. For as little as $1 an episode, you will get access to our super-secret Slack channel, where you will be able to speak with all of us and other listeners, and you will get first call on a bunch of the crazy raffles that our website does. Again, that is patreon.com slash... The Film Stage Show. In addition, we are brought to you by Mubi. Mubi has curators who select the finest in film entertainment for your watching pleasure. They have one new movie a day, so you have a constantly rotating selection of 30 films, so that if you know which one you want to watch, you can just scroll through and find it. Unlike the Odysseus-level journey that I had to go through just to watch Apostle, <laughs> Netflix original movie that you'd think that they'd put at the top of every list that I have, and yet I had to type in the full goddamn name just to be able to find it. We'll get into it, I'm sure. Anyway, it's October, and Movie is doing their horrific October series, which, starting today, Sunday, the 21st, Shivers, 1975's David Cronenberg film... This early film is an unrelentingly pure genre B-movie, yet also a deceptively profound expression of fleshy anxieties. Also very horny. (laughs) (laughs) It's the 70s film. Of course it's horny. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I am. It won't shock anyone to learn, you know, just from the little we know about me, that I have, like, trouble with a lot of David Cronenberg films. Because body horror is like one of the things that gets to me. And that's sort of his thing. It is indeed. Yeah. 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 He he makes bodies look and feel weird. (laughs) Yeah. And do weird things. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's why we love him. David Cronenberg's Shivers now on Mubi. For your free 30-day subscription, go to mubi.com 
slash film stage. Again, that is M-U-B-I dash, no, not dash, <laughs> M-U-B-I dot com slash film stage. And that is that. Are we ready to talk about Apostle? I am indeed. All sure. right. Bill Graham, you just watched this like literally five minutes ago, right? Uh, No, no. I finished it a little bit earlier than that. But yeah, uh, about 40, 40 minutes ago, something like that. You made us wait, Bill? I did indeed. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to make y'all have to delay it because something else come came up or whatever. So I was just like, I'll give myself a little, a little spacing. We should all be <laughs> recording this basically as the credits roll on whatever film we've watched. <laughs> it's the only way we'll get a truly authentic experience. Anyway, Apostle is now on Netflix. So if you have a subscription to the Netflix streaming service, you will be able to find it eventually. Netflix. Mm-hmm. This is, of course, Gareth Evans' newest film as writer-director. He of The Raid and The Raid 2. This movie stars the ever-twitchy Dan Stevens as mm-hmm. well as Michael Sheen. And here is the trailer. Thomas, your sister, she's gone. These people, they're blasphemers. Cult, a disease. Bring her home. Name? Thomas Richardson. I dream of a world in which each waking day we rise equal. This island. It's our paradise. We have an intruder on our land. We have to find him. That is the spooky trailer for Apostle, a film about a young man who is sent to an island cult in order to find his sister in the year of our Lord, 1905. She is being held ransom and he is trying to get her out. Let's talk about it. Michael Snydell, you weren't here on our last episode. What did you think of Apostle? You know, I have a little bit of a conflicted relationship with uh, Gareth Evans in the sense that um, I really don't think that he can write a, a tight story. Uh, the two things I like the most from him are his, uh, his short in VHS 2, Safe Haven, and uh, the first Raid film, which I, I believe gets in and out in under 100 minutes. Uh, the Raid 2 is something like 140 minutes. I, I, I need our... Uh, our uh, running time expert, Bill. The Raid Graham, Redemption 100, is 141. 100, yes. Oh, okay. And then... Uh, or no, the not 141. Raid, an um, hour and 41. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And but then, not the Raid 2, though. The Raid, the raid two, 2 is two hours and 30 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fucking Godfather length. It's um, literally almost an hour longer than its forebearer. Yeah. And then it probably should be. So... Yeah, I. This is one of my least favorite movies of the year. I, I think that it has a great premise. Um, I 
you know, I, I love the idea of cults. I, I love the idea of coming into a a village that is hiding something underneath. I like that this is set in the 20th century, and at least at the beginning, I think there is a good sense of atmosphere. But uh, this film very quickly starts piling on extremely uninteresting tangents. Uh, I on a basic filmmaking level, I think it's pretty shoddy. There's a really bizarre sequence. Uh, I don't know, halfway into this 10 hour movie where, um, there is a conversation that it cuts to, uh, excuse me, but where two people are talking and then it cuts to another conversation that's taking place on a dock and cuts back. And it's supposed to be like exact, exactly the same time period. So the editing in this, I found really confusing. Uh, I thought this had no tension. I thought that um, the acting was generally pretty bad. Uh, Dan Stevens is kind of hamming it up with the twitchiness, but it it also feels like a way lesser version of something like he did in The Guest. I thought uh, Michael Sheen, um, he's way more of a lunatic in something like Twilight than this. I I thought he was pretty dull. And then there's a a character, Quinn, who, who just irritated me to no end. Um, I think the action is okay. Like there were a few gore moments that were, that were cool, but I also think that not having some of his regular cast limits, what he's, uh, what he can do with cinematography, with stunt editing. And I, I think when he works with some of his regular people, you know, someone like in, uh, Iko Uwais, the you know Indonesian action star. Um, I think he can do incredible things, but I think this film is just an absolute mess um, from beginning to end. And um, I really didn't enjoy. I, I enjoyed very little of it, and um, I, I don't know. Yeah, there there was hardly anything I liked about this. Also, the music. I am getting real tired of this like abstract uh, experimental percussion that we're putting into every atmospheric horror film. Um, yeah, well, I mean, this, didn't I like mean, this, this movie also had like some spooky folk violin. The, it, okay, the spooky folk violin. You know, I I could do a jig to that thing they were doing at that little party. Like, <laughs> like that seems kind of fun. Yeah. But like the the you know scraping xylophones and and things like that, which you know has been in you know e- even just this year, like something like uh, Hereditary, as well as um, oh, I don't have any horror films from this year up, or, or even I I don't know. It's just it's been used in as kind of a shorthand lately. And, uh, I mean, it's far from my only problem with this experience, but, um, yeah, this was a real big disappointment for me. All right. Let's see if Bill Graham liked it anymore. Bill. I did indeed like it a little bit more. Um, yeah. it's definitely not going to be at the bottom of my list. Um, I did have some issues with the editing, uh, Michael. I'm not sure if we're talking about the same sequence, but, uh, there is some editing issues where they just kind of leave you without, without much, much hope for figuring it out except for later on. And you're just like, Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I guess I figured that out now. Okay, cool. It's like, yeah. Um, no, this this film is a little bit long. I agree that it, Gareth um, 
I feel bad because his first two films were obviously small production or small budgets. And I say first two films, actually, he's got three films, sure. uh, uh, two films, uh, Marantu and The Raid came very close together. And then his first original film uh, kind of led him uh, to get the job that made him discover pink hacks a lot or whatever you call that thing. Uh, the martial art that's featured in all three of those he movies. Also, <clears throat> he also has something called footsteps from 2016 or 2006. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the first, yeah, to. that's, that's the first film that kind of got him the job to make a documentary about pink hacks a lot. Well, that's and weird. Then, Cause I'm seeing that as separate than Marantu. Oh, they're, they're two separate. It looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So there's Footsteps so, and Marantu and then The Raid, Redemption, and then The Raid 2, and now mm-hmm. this. Yes, so he's ha- he has four films under his belt by this point. Yeah. Um, Not including this but, one. But his his first real like breakout film, Marantu, uh, and then The Raid came pretty close together, and they were all small budgets. And so... You know, he had to work with what he had. And once the success of the raid came out, he got a little bit more budget and kind of turned kind of unleashed himself on the raid too. <laughs> um, he nearly died in the in the filmmaking process of that film. Uh, that was it was insane. I've never heard that, but that does not surprise me. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh he almost got ran over by a car. Um uh-huh. Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) you can even watch video of it. It's it's pretty insane. Um, anyways, he he really kind of unleashed himself on that film, and this film I think similarly didn't have Netflix for what they're worth. Basically, gives a lot of people money and then just says, yeah, yeah, go 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 make your shit, and then (laughs) they bring it back and they're like, cool. All right, when do you want to release it? You know, it's there isn't a lot of notes that I've heard about during this process. And for some people, that's great. For some people, that's really not that great. Um, You need an editor. You need someone as much as I would say, you know, the the, he's his own editor on this one, too, which is worth mentioning. Yeah, no, he he needs he needs a traditional editor. He maybe needs a traditional studio to kind of have him rein it in just a little bit because he he goes a little wild. He's 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 going for a lot of stuff in this and I appreciate it. It's just the setup is is pretty good. I enjoy this atmosphere of them. Basically, he's trying to infiltrate a cult that's uh, secluded on an island and to rescue his sister he's supposed to be bringing a bunch of money for ransom potentially and he's trying to just kind of infiltrate them and right from the outset they know they have someone in their midst that has come for this this sister but they don't know who he is and so they're trying to figure out and the whole time it's 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 kind of one of those, you know, you see the gun underneath the table and and one of those situations where it's just like, OK, we, we know something's going to happen here. Um, they're aware of it. He's aware of it. Cool. And from there, it really kind of strains against its own runtime. Um, what it's trying to do. I appreciated the supernatural aspects of this film. 
Not that they necessarily make a whole lot of sense, but I appreciated that the little glimmers and glimpses aren't just glimmers and glimpses. They they go full on into it, and I think that's fun. Um, Dan Stevens, if you haven't been watching his uh, what is it FX show, um, he's he's really got like this gleam in his eye where he he just has this menace and this craziness that just comes across really really well and so evans is definitely like embracing that from him overall i just think it's it's just a mess it never really congeals into anything worthwhile but i think some of its ideas and some of its musings are interesting um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a mess of a movie, but I still enjoyed myself for the most part. Oh boy. <clears throat> yeah. This movie was terrible. <laughs> um, I gotta, I'm going to, I'm going to start off. I'm just going to like second everything that Michael said. Mm-hmm. Um, the editing is nuts. The story is crazy. Like, I feel like there's a lot of bad decisions made. And then sometimes it felt like there were no decisions made. Um, so like there's a really great 2000 movie called Wonder Boys by director mm-hmm. Curtis Hansen. Um, yeah. yeah. Stars Michael I'm Douglas. I'm wondering where you're going with this. <laughs> well, so, wasn't that, wasn't that written by a famous author? It's in an adaptation of, it's not Gaiman. Uh, what is his name? I can't remember his Chabon, the author's I think? name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a very famous, well-known oh. author. Yeah, and it's got Michael Douglas in it and Tobey Maguire and Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Francis McDormand and, yeah. what is it, John Boy from the the Waltons or whatever. Anyway, <clears throat> there's um, there's a point that I think of often because that's one of my favorite movies about writers. And Hannah Green, who is played by, um, oh shit, Tom Cruise's ex-wife. Oh, Kate, Hudson? No, Kate. Katie Holmes, Katie Holmes. And she says, she's talking to, she's talking talking to Grady Tripp, the, you know, primary character. He's an author who's struggling with his newest novel. And she has like read all 3000 pages of his new novel that he can't quite finish. And she says, Grady, you know how in class you're always telling us that writers make choices. And he says, yeah. And she says, and even though your book is really beautiful, I mean, amazing, beautiful. It's, it's at times it's, very detailed you know with the genealogies of everyone's horses and the dental records and so on and i could be wrong but it sort of reads in places like you didn't make any choices at all (laughs) and so when i'm writing (laughs) and i'm watching movies i think to myself did the director make any choices did the writer make any choices and in this movie it really does feel like Gareth Edwards, Edwards, Evans, which one is this? Evans. (laughs) Evans. The Welsh one. (laughs) Yes, the Welsh one. Um, Not Godzilla guy. He, it really does seem like he's like, I have all these ideas that keep popping up as I'm writing. I should just use them all. Like, (laughs) I should just do it. Like, you know, I've got these, these two young lovers. Um, Maybe they should get pregnant. Like, I've got... These three guys who originally came to the island, like, 
maybe one of them should just go nuts. You know, I've got, I've got all this stuff, you know, what if, what if like, oh, what if there's a barn filled with twigs and like something that looks like it comes out of, um, the Silent Hill series. Yeah. And he's just like, but he's doing it like stream of conscious. (laughs) And so everything just pops up constantly. And you're just like, I don't, these aren't twists. These aren't like revelations. <laughs> They're just the next new thing that I'm having to wrap my mind around. And I think that like his filmmaking style is super ill suited for the material and the story that he appears to be trying to tell. Cause like, as you heard from, <laughs> from the, uh, the trailer, Dan Stevens is supposed to show up and like secretively, like try to find out where his sister is. And I think that maybe it's just, like, bad casting. Because, like, Dan Stevens looks instantly guilty. Yeah. And just, like, wrong in every situation. And so it's, he's like... the least stealthy person in the world. Right. He's, like, broken, addicted to opium, twitching with, like, crazy eyes, constantly sweating, constantly, like, looking over his shoulder and jerking around. And I'm just, like... He like on the boat to the island, he instantly does a wrong thing and everyone is just like, oh, I guess this guy's just not as like up on the, the, the literature as we are. And it's just weird because like they they immediately know like his gambit to try to throw people off his scent in like swapping tickets with another guy it goes instantly wrong. And they're like someone else on that boat is like a, a a thief in our midst and we have to find out who it is. And I'm like, it's Dan Stevens. <laughs> it's very obviously Dan goddamn Stevens, the twitchy, nervous looking guy who doesn't know what's going on and just is constantly breaking all of your rules. And then there's a moment where he like ingratiates himself through blood to like the leader of the cult. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So maybe that's it. Maybe like, he he's going to like channel the idea of a person who's like not very up on everything but is very loyal but like that immediately goes out the window like the movie the characters like catch on to him so fast but somehow <laughs> so much slower than they should have and the rest of the movie is just like treading water because it feels like the movie very clearly wants to become something like the crazies where it's like he's going to have to fight this entire town of cult members but sure. then they're like, mm-hmm. oh, we can't do that. These are a bunch of sick, starving people in 1905 <laughs> Scotland. So we've just got to have him like get caught every now and then and like go for a fight. And then the, the camera work is never stately, but it is restrained. But then the second that a fight breaks out, it's like the raid style, like, running towards the fighting people like doing stuff and pausing and like throwing knives around and then but also heavy on cg (laughs) right but then the weirdest part for me is that like again it's like he's aware that this story can't support the extended fight scenes that he's used to so like i really i like cackled out loud in this movie when dan stevens like caught for the fifth time or whatever like takes out two guards does like a pose looks around twitchy like a lizard on a hot rock and then runs towards a stable pauses judo kicks the stable door in and then runs away (laughs) and i was just like oh my god like what the fuck is happening in this movie and like 
I, if there's anything people know about me, <laughs> it's I love a good cult movie. I love a good, like, con crisscross, like, guy isn't really who he says he is movie. I'm a big fan of, like, martial arts. I love those movies where, like, everyone seems to know judo. You know, I like that was what I loved about the raid is like no matter what fucking room they popped into, there's like a 10th degree black belt waiting for them. And that rocked. And I loved that. And in this movie, it's like maybe we should do that. Maybe the guys in leather can be like that. But everyone else should just kind of like stand around and look agog whenever anything happens. And so and then and then just like the movie invests you in a couple of characters that it then plays very dirty but for some reason you're supposed to really give a shit about this sister character who you get maybe six lines from in total and you you it's just like it's a fucking mess and i didn't give a shit about anything and of course like the two characters who i kind of liked are basically like marked for death from the moment you goddamn (laughs) see them and like i'm still pissed off at how gross and evil their deaths were and like not in a way that made me happy like to see the villains dispatched but just like upset the way that the movie treated these people and just like i just like when it was over i was just like good good now i get to talk about that in two days it's just like i just like i didn't i didn't care for a single moment of this and it really a lot of it comes down to just like at the opening i'm just like why isn't everyone suspicious of Dan Stevens? <laughs> like, cause maybe make that a part of it. Like, or maybe yeah. direct him to not appear as suspicious that he, as he is like, there's a, there's a difference between like, you know, the departed where mm-hmm. like Leonardo DiCaprio comes in, does some dumb shit. And then Jack Nicholson's like, you know, like I knew your father and all this other stuff. And like, you know, I guess I could trust you, but also like, it wouldn't be beyond that fucking asshole queen into like, try to slip someone into my thing. And then he starts beating his arm, his broken arm with a shoe and making him say that he's not an informant. Like, cause that's at least kind of smart, you know, like mm. you've got this person who you can't trust. And it's like, but I need more people for my crew. And I used to know your dad. So there's a family thing. So I'm just going to hurt you a lot and just assume that at the end of it, if you're still around, probably all right, you know? <laughs> and then this movie, it's like, I have no reason to trust you. I have every reason to distrust you. And, and he gets caught in the stupidest fucking way possible. <laughs> and so it's not even interesting. Like, he, he does a thing, gets in good with the cult leader, just so the cult leader can have, like, one line where when they're tossing his room, they're like, this is a waste of time. Like, we're not going to find anything here. Sure. And then they find the most obvious fucking thing there. Yeah. Because he which hit is, it which in is, the dumbest spot possible. Yeah, why wouldn't you take that with you? <laughs> Burn or, it! Like, what? Or something. Or, yeah, why did you have something. to make a map when you literally overlook the house of the person who you're going to try to, like, steal information from or about? Like, it's just, it's just a series of dumb people making dumb choices, and you can only tell who your main characters are because one of them is twitchy-ass Dan Stevens, mm-hmm. and the other one... It, for some reason in all of these movies like this movie made me think of brotherhood and the of the wolf because it's like all these people in period garb they're all vaguely dirty how are we going to really like make the girl stick out and it's like give her red hair because that really pops in a super gray brown and green environment and everyone else will look like they just got done wrestling with pigs and she will constantly look like a radiant angel because her skin is the color of milk 
And it's like, as a man who loves a pale redhead, thanks, I guess. But also, like, maybe just Yikes. do something else. <laughs> I, I don't even... This might be one of the movies that I hated most this year. But, like, really, I was just distracted and, like, upset and just, like, twitchily Dan Stevens level just shaken by the whole experience because I was just so annoyed. I wouldn't be surprised if each of us actually had a different interpretation of what this movie is actually about. Oh, probably. As you were saying, like, there's no, there's not decisions made. There's so many things like, all right, I'll I'll wait for spoilers because like, because even though I've said a lot of plot, we've we've still left out like the biggest thing, I guess. The the re- reveal sort sorta <laughs> like it's not like it's played with any kind of tension or anticipation or like oh this reconfigures what I think about these people like it's no because it's oh, well man. I mean we'll have to get into it in spoilers because it's yeah. it's it's dumb in the way that it doesn't affect anything. <sighs> I don't know, Bill, you, as the person who sort of liked this movie the most, do you have any, like, is your only response just like, yeah, but I kind of dug it? It's more of, I enjoyed the setup, not necessarily the execution of this film. And I can appreciate mm-hmm. the setup. Um, I see what you're saying about Dan Stevens, although I think that's unfair just simply because, like, if he is someone that that is able to infiltrate this cult really well. I mean, it's like, do you cast specifically for that reason? Or do you want to cast someone that's just interesting to see go through this process? And I think it's more interesting to see someone go through that process of like his backstory and having all of these other issues. Because if you just throw a guy that's just like, all right, I'm ready to infiltrate and like nothing's wrong with me. It's like, eh, this film becomes even less than what it already is. But I think, um, you know, and I, I love cults, not like as something to join, (laughs) but as something to like research and find out about. And so I think that there, (laughs) I think that there is a, um, I think that there's a way to make Dan Stevens the right choice for this, which is to like have that twitchiness, yeah. play into why the cult takes him in or trusts him. Like, you know, sure. if Dan Stevens showed up at the fucking Manson ranch, Charles Manson would be like, hey, like, yeah, I get it, man. Like, the world screwed up. Like, we should really totally hang out. Like, can you play guitar? And... <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that that was a Beetlejuice, like... <laughs> wow. I didn't know you had that in you. All right. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in a while either, but that's I don't all think I that's think the of. way most people play Charles Manson. But I think of him as like a short, dirty, twitchy little speed freak. <laughs> and so I, uh, I like conjured in my head that that famous photograph of him where he's got like the cross carved in his head. And I was just like, if I saw that guy in the desert, how would he probably talk to me? Mm-hmm. But, like, this is supposed to be, like, a clan of the pure and the faithful. Sure. And so, like, I think you could you could play it like Dan Stephen comes in and everyone's like, twitchy opium addict motherfucker. Like, what is wrong with you? And then maybe he, like, tells them the story that he eventually tells uh, pretty clean redhead girl. And 
and he and they're like ah i like you know you feel abandoned by god like you know the society is like throwing you out like you're you're the type of person that we're here to save like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but instead he's just like he's just constantly like not talking to anyone not doing anything he's there for like a day before he spills his secret to like the person least equipped to handle it mm-hmm. and then has to threaten them into helping him it's just i, I like, did i did think at times he was playing up the i mean obviously he's supposed to be fucking high as hell i guess um just constantly looking for his next next fix but jesus he he looks like someone just drug him off the street and and was like hey we need you to hammer and do all this and he's just like whoa yeah (laughs) he's like oh i'm really coming real down off of opium right now i don't know like you know but i guess like that's the reason why he's sweating so much is because they're taking apart a boat (laughs) yeah it's it is a little bit distracting how much he's just kind of like I am in the throes of addiction right now. And you're just like, I am, Jesus, yeah. it, did nobody search you? Like, my friend, like, that would have been the first thing I did. Like, as you were getting on the boat, it's just like, <laughs> hey, this sketchy motherfucker, like, he's got to have something on. Look, him, they've right? got some sub TSA. They've got some sub TSA <laughs> workers there, though, because they're like, no books. That giant knife is fine. Keep your cutthroat <laughs> razor. Is that a bottle of opium? Is it under eight ounces? Fine, then get on the boat. Like, it's real. Like, you know, they make a big deal about, like, like the stringent, like, cloak of darkness that they're going through to get on this boat to go to, like, the island. But, like, people just have whatever. And then the other weird thing is, like, it's not even, like, people comment on it. Like, he's so immediately wrong. And everyone's just like... Ho ho! Time to go take apart a boat for lumber, and then another person's like, "Don't be late to the uh, the the church service." I'm giving everyone an English thing, but they're really Scottish. But anyway, so, and then like, super clean redheaded woman. What's her name? I should stop calling Lucy her Boynton? that. Lucy Boynton. That's the actress. It's Andrea. Andrea. Yes, the the character name is Andrea. Andrea comes up and is like. You're a sketchy looking fellow. Maybe I should flirt with you shamelessly. And that's like their whole thing. And he's constantly like, um, I'm totally a normal cult member. All hail Prophet Malcolm. Um, your dad's a fucking like prophet. Like, uh, like you, you seem like you should be more than like the daughter of a prophet. And he's like just throwing so much shade on her dad. And you think at some point she'd be like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, we don't have cool atheists on this island. This isn't a high school. Like, you either get it or we murder you. He also gives, like, two women, like, pervise. Like, literally immediately coming to the island. Like, he gives, like, the the two youngest women, or young women besides Andrea, like, these immediately, like, leering eyes that are they're really... Yeah, I yeah, like oh, you, yeah, Ryan. He, I had no idea what to make of him as like. I'm curious, Bill. Did you read him more like something like a you know a blood simple like Jeremy Saunier, uh Sorry, a uh, blue rune like type protagonist, like someone who's just like bumbling and hapless. I mean, I didn't know what to make of him because at night he seems to have his shit together and during the day he just seems to kind of be headed on a swivel. Um, and I'm just – I don't know. Like I think I think it's it's more or less 
not necessarily Dan Stevens' fault. I think it's more or less he was given such little direction, such a little like actual footprints to follow that he just kind of went for it and was like, I, I think this is what he wants from me and just kept going that direction. Um, you know, I mean, if you if you know enough about filmmaking, you know, there's a lot of multiple takes usually. Right. So that the director has a lot to play with in the edit. Right. He can make a twitchy Dan Stevens performance or he can make a little bit more subtle performance. And he clearly went for the twitchy. So, you know, I'm I'm curious how much they filmed. Um <laughs> Like, was it was it just kind of all one takes and just, all right, we're moving on, <laughs> you know, or was was it like I said, he got lots of coverage. He got lots of, uh, you know, multiple takes from Stevens, who's clearly the focus of this film, you know. Yeah. Um, he's the one that really seems to kind of bounce around as far as, you know, sometimes he's high, sometimes he's low, sometimes he's kind of on target. And so you're just you're just never quite sure. And this this film also does the weird thing where like the whole village is at a party and one person is missing and it's just like <laughs> come on. Like you can't be that like he has a narrow escape early in this film and the very next night he's like, All right, gotta do it again and you're just like, No. Well, like, lay low like I'm for saying a like a day he, or two. They don't really establish stakes. Like obviously they've killed they've yeah, they end up killing this guy that he swapped tickets with, so like they wouldn't know that he was the one coming for his sister. Um who's supposed to be paying a ransom and they're like, we're not fucking doing that. We're going to send twitchy, twitchy ass Dan Stevens to go rescue her. And, um, and so, yeah, like he, he gets that guy killed and he, and he is like immediately like, I'm going to break curfew. I'm going to go peek in windows. I'm going to get caught and I'm going to do it all again. And I'm just going to like hire this boy to help me. And, and yeah, like that, that poor, that poor fucking kid. What's his name? Jeremy. Yeah. Just like marked for death from the, the, the happy, helpful guy who runs up and is like, hello, sir. Like, can I help you with anything? I've got a cough of the black lung. Cause I was a chimney sweep in another life. And it's just like, yeah, that fucking kid's going to get it. And he's like, you know, let me know if you need anything. And then Dan Stevens like leers at his obviously pregnant girlfriend and is just like, you know, uh, like that's just the noise that Dan Stevens seemed to make every time there was a close up on him. And it's just weird because like he doesn't do any like he doesn't do like the usual thing that you would do if you're like getting in with a cult where he's like, oh, yes, all hell Zanbar or whatever the fuck we're talking about. <coughs> By the way, um, where on this island would you hide your dark, shameful secrets? <laughs> I really want to know where not to go because I'm such a good disciple. Like instead, he's just like eyeballing everyone twitching not making friends and just like really acting sketch as shit and i can't figure out if it's because that's how he is or he's like so turned off by this cult but like you know like a paul dano or the pullman kid who is in um that other movie that we watched bad, bad times, times. royale like that would be a good tack to take you know maybe make him mm -hmm. a little bit of like He's got some damage, but also the situation is also fucking him up. But Dan Stevens is like on a train going through delirium tremens 
mm-hmm. and you're just like they couldn't literally hire anyone else for this like they had to take her damaged brother sure it's just it's just bizarre and it's it's really annoying especially because with the kind of folk horror iconography that they're going for and just like the rich sampling of things that go on in the British Isles from like Druidic times. This is such like ripe territory and to see it just get trod over with like, yeah, we, we there's a goddess. We value something. I don't know. We're going to show you one thing and it's just going to be like vague Marxism and then um, we're just going to murder some people. So like you never you never get any concept of what this cult is about. Like this this movie yeah. owes a lot to like the Wicker Man. And the Wicker Man is goddamn fucking amazing. Um the original, not the Nicolas Cage one. Because in that movie like they set it all up so much and like he is such an obvious outsider and like they're talking about like oh well like you know the children dance around the maypole and like do jumps over fire to like promote fertility because we're a pagan island and he's like this offends my judeo-christian beliefs as an anglo-saxon protestant and like that conflict is there and in this movie we like hear that this is like a cult of blasphemers but we don't really get any concept of why even when like a kingsman tries to assassinate the cult leader and it's just like what are they saying it's like aside like unless it really is just like a red scare kind of thing you know 14 years too early but like i don't know like there's just they there's so much it's such fertile ground and they just stand in a single point and hit each other every now and then mm-hmm. it's just I think so the, annoying I, I think the other thing about this is uh, why you know i i think it's one of the worst of the year is it, it's enough to make me retroactively wonder whether you know those raid films which you know i don't really like raid 2 but it makes me wonder whether you know, this person is even uh, whether their um, niche is really as narrow as it is, because I think it's not only uh, Brian, like I, I very much agree with you that like the total lack of context of what uh, this cult is doing, the motivations of multiple primary characters, um, but also just the fact that when, you know, the gristle is finally going through the machine and the, and the gore is really on tap it's it's not it's not used in any atmospheric way it's not used to make any larger point about hysteria and like even like like early early nods to something like you know the lottery like is are are, are so hollow and like um sorry so half-assed that they're they're even more frustrating without without even like considering the fact that this never makes a decision between a dozen different plot, plot threads. Mm. It's that even the things that are here, like from basic filmmaking, it neither makes us care about the people or even the violence that's being committed to them. Like like I think it's a failure on both of those levels, which is especially strange from someone you know who we expect that gore from like this is someone who's made his reputation on you know the easy joke is how many bones break in this one like (laughs) like that's something that he uh, you know not saying that that wasn't there but as bad as it is that we partly needed a western person to serve as an ambassador for you know 
you know, various Indonesian action films and East Asian action films. Like, for whatever it's worth, like, he was important in bringing a lot of these into a more mainstream audience. Like, you know, action bros know the rate. They might not know, you know, Umbach or, you know, some of these various, various other ones that, you know, are worthwhile as well. But, like, it's just all the more frustrating because this is someone who I want to root for. And now I'm worried that, you know, that that they had nothing to say in the first place. Like that there's something just extra disheartening about that. Um, in a way that I think makes me feel really, really angry about this one in a way I haven't about other things this year. Well, that's, that's kind of my thing. Like, you know, the raid movie is just like a good time at the movies. Cause it's like, all right. Yeah. Like, you know, a bunch of police go in somewhere. There's bad people, you know, they fight their way out. Like that's all you need. But like, sure. Uh, you know, it, it, that's a good way to like show people what you can do, but then maybe like hire someone to write a script that you like and trust. And then they can take care of the story and you can like help with the action I just don't know. Like, I just don't know. Like, he clearly had some things he wanted to say. I actually, I read an interview with him and he's like, I really wanted to show how, like, religion could be used to make, like, people act in a violent way politically. And I'm like, you failed. Watch The Devils. Like, like watch anything. There's so many films about that that don't even need to have gore to, like, communicate that. Right. Or, or just, like, maybe... <sighs> This island is like 17 people like <laughs> and and there's it's literally dying. Their crops are failing. So like what political power does anyone who's trying to usurp the throne from Prophet Malcolm really stand to gain? And then again, we haven't even gotten into like the, the real the spoiler of this movie. But like, you know, like what is it then saying about like environmentalism or like the way that religions are perverted by people? And it, it's impossible without giving it away. It's impossible for the movie to make those statements because of what it does to the religion and the way that it conceptualizes mm. its roots. And I don't know. It's just so it's so You're annoying. Like <laughs> and um, and again, like, you know, it. Again, I kind of thought that it was going to go into, like, the crazies or, like, something. Like, give this person a whole village to fight his way out of and, like, give it that raid grit. You know, one of the things I remember watching the raid and when I was talking about it with a friend, I was like, what? Is, like, it, it, I've never seen more, like, realistic knifings in a movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. They've got guns and stuff in yeah. the raid, but like a lot of it is hand-to-hand combat and like people with knives and axes and, and, and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and like those things land so hard. And this movie also like goes for the knives, but for some reason it just didn't feel as real. And like, I just didn't care as much. And it's just so strange. And again, like the things that it does to some of its characters are just like, needlessly cruel without making any kind of greater point so that it really does come off in that sort of like torture porny way where it's like well the violence is the purpose you know it's 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 like disheartening and just really and it, it was like 
it was upsetting in the moment. And then after it was over, I was just deeply annoyed. It really doesn't even moralize. I'm just realizing that. Like, that's how, how I'd say it's different from, you know, torture porn, which, you know, I, there's very few torture porn films I, I really like. But, I mean, almost a universal thing is trying to come up with some moral justification for why yeah. some of these people are horrifically mutilated. That's not, that's not it's even It's not even the slasher thing of, like, <laughs> if you drink or have sex, you're going to die. In this, it's just like, sure. if your dad's a real piece of shit, everything that you hold dear is going to die. Like, and that turn for that character is just super, can we, you know what? Fuck it. We should just get into spoilers, spoilers. right? Yeah. Yes. Any final things to say before we get into spoilers? I kind of dug the violin music. Yeah. But the violin music also kept making me think like, Oh, this is where it gets real. Like this is where it's going down. Oh no. Dan Stevens just kicked a fucking corral door in and is running into the forest, (laughs) which I, if someone doesn't gift that, so that I can use it and be like me at a party when people start talking about like politics, I'm just going to freaking lose it. Cause I need that. I need it because he is in such, and the camera work again, it's that jittery, like yeah. the camera moves forward when someone gets hit or when someone like falls backwards, the camera sort of follows them and then they pause and then they like reorient themselves. But it's him running to a corral Kicking the door in and then just running through it to escape. It's uh, it's unintentional comic brilliance. It is the type of thing. It, it, it literally would not have surprised me if he had then run through the side of a building and left an impression of his own body in his wake. Anyway, spoilers for Apostle. <laughs> um, there is a start? <laughs> there's a woman, a goddess of nature on the island and blood god and they find her here's the thing i think we we don't get enough backstory because they come to this island they're like my god it's a paradise and then they're like oh there's a a pagan like harvest goddess living here and she's the reason that everything rocks why don't we fucking imprison her feed her rabbit's blood and get even more from her. But, but like, if she's Quinn's, Quinn's what was decision, that? isn't it? Isn't this Quinn's decision? That's not even Michael Sheen's. That's well, not that's even Malcolm's the, decision. To that's the crazier part. Like, so Prophet Malcolm is all like free love and happiness and equality. And like the island gives us what we need. But he's apparently let this other guy, Quinn, his, his brother, right? They're all brothers. Are they literally blood related or are they just calling themselves that? I thought it was the latter. I thought they were just calling themselves that. Okay, well, anyway, yeah. Quinn, the evil one. There's there's Malcolm, the optimist. There's uh, Frank, the idiot. And then there's Quinn, the devil incarnate. Sure, uh, so surely they wouldn't let uh, their their offspring mate with each other? Like, I think it's more just like, oh, you mated. Like, we don't we don't want that. Like you, you did this out of wedlock, not like now this is going to be some unholy, you know, offspring of, of incest, right? right well, none of the, no, so nothing in this, nothing in this movie <laughs> makes sense. Um, cause, cause what's her name? Angela or Rachel or what's the redhead's name again? Andrea. Andrea. Andrea 
talks about how like her mom died in childbirth. And so there's some pain there. But like that really never comes to anything. And Quinn is like creepily checking out his daughter while she's in the latrine. And but so like what was the decision making process upon finding this like earth goddess where they were like, what if we built a barn and like broke her legs and tied her up and then fed her blood? Like, that's the thing. Like they, they talk about how we've got like a God in chains and like, that's super interesting. Sure. Only if you need to do that. Like, if you're just on this island and all she needs to do is chill and be happy and like maybe we'll accept a sacrifice like willingly every now and then, you know, like maybe that would be interesting. Like I kept expecting her to be like King Kong, you know, tie up a blonde haired woman, let the island have her and then we get good crops. But instead they're like, yeah, you know, it's, um, we decided to impose our own will on her and it's going very poorly, but we are not turning it around. You know, we're just going to keep at it. Cause I think this can work. Like Quinn says, he's like, you know, she's not a God. She's a machine. We just need to feed her more blood and better blood. And, and, and the prophet Malcolm's like, I'm going to keep, you know, preaching about equality and happiness and just like pretend this shit isn't happening. And yeah. Frank is like, Oh, I like. Eh, I don't know what's going on, but me, 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 my son is banging someone else's daughter, and that's not going to go well. I'm going to fly off on a boat and go back to the mainland. This isn't working, Malcolm. There's also a ransom that we haven't talked about at all. Right? <laughs> who's who's like uh, the ransom? Because I guess they're going to. But then the th- the funny thing is, they're like, um, no one will trade with us because we are like traitors to the throne, apparently. But I guess if we have enough money, we can make people do whatever we want. That's what their plan was? Yeah, it seems <laughs> like something along that line. Okay, but here's my – okay, I, I mean, have many questions about this. But, like, I, I'm just – so they – You know in Pretty Woman when she comes in and says, you make money on commission, big mistake? That's what they wanted to do to the island of Britain. <laughs> Okay, so they kidnap this daughter mm-hmm. who they're then ransoming to try to get Dan Stevens to come there, and they're hoping he will bring the cash with him. They they don't but want Dan Stevens. They, they want the infirmed father to come. Okay. And they say, like, you come with money. Don't bring a policeman in your stead, or sure. we're going to fucking murder him and her. And so I guess, like, the executor of the estate... Is like, sure. well, he can't go nowhere. He's all shot up in a wheelchair and staring at a fire ominously. So we're going to have you go, Dan Stevens. Yeah. Don't get caught. We're not giving you any money. Your your sister's very important, but not quite so. Uh, you know? And then... How so does he, he goes, not get caught immediately? Because... Like when he's getting on the ship. Like that's the what the ticket so is. The, his ticket has the red mark on it. And he's like... No one else's ticket has this red mark. I'm going to help this old geezer with his stuff, swap tickets with him. And that's why, like, when they helped the old geezer that he swapped tickets sure. on with, they X his luggage. And yeah. So they're I, I like. Know, I knew that. Yeah. 
I didn't know he swapped though. That was not clear to me somehow. Oh, it was definitely clear. I was sure. confused until okay. like I'm they they xed the mark the the luggage. I didn't I know what somehow. the mark was. I didn't. I I was like I was like it's got a a red stain on it. That's weird. Yeah, I and thought he was like. I thought he I was doing that because he... he's like, oh, if they see this blood on it, they'll know I'm an opium addict. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Like, oh, my nose must have dribbled. Huh. This is not good. You know, and instead it's just like, oh, no, no, no. That was like a mark specifically put on that one ticket. Sure. It's like so nobody else could possibly bleed on their ticket. Like, <laughs> like Some poor <laughs> bastard accidentally spills a little bit of red ink on their ticket. And they're like, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I just love your like statements about equality. <laughs> I, but yeah. the other thing is like, why make it so obvious? Like, why not like not dot an I on his ticket or something, you know? Like, sure. But I guess like something. that's, that's nitpicking. Like it's a cult. Okay. They're fucking idiots. It doesn't matter. But yeah. like, okay. So why does Quinn at a certain point no longer care about the ransom? Like at a certain point, there's this really dumb scene that goes on seemingly forever where he imprisons the the sister and um, Andrea and he's like almost going to shoot them and then doesn't shoot them. (laughs) Okay, he has a rant and I think what he said, he tells them like about because what happens is. Oh boy. Okay, oh boy. I need to recenter. Dan Stevens you guys is going to also be. Also found this confusing then. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. The, one of the problems with this right. movie all is right. that like all of its story, like I said earlier, is completely like stream of conscious nonsense that doesn't really come together. This is like my problem with Netflix is they're like, do you have an outline? Here's fifty yeah. million dollars on yeah. a napkin. <laughs> yeah. And like again, you know, you know, it's it's funny because so much of of our own rants at times is against the machine of Hollywood production and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. just like, you know, Hey, we want to give these creators, these creative people like free reign to do whatever the fuck they want. And then a lot of times when they're actually given that, we don't like it. We're like, you know, there's a definite balance, you know, it's like, uh, there, it's it's if I were to be if I were to suddenly and violently stereotype producers, which I'm going to, there would be we need a four quadrant hit. So get rid of all the sex and violence and throw in a fucking talking dog like mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's bad. And then there's Netflix, which is like we need content. I don't give a fuck if it's good or bad. Just put something on fucking vi- like video and get it on there and we'll give it a decent trailer and we'll get seven views out of it. And that's all we care about. The the type of producer you want is a like I love you and I believe in your vision. There are times when you may get stuck in your own head. My job is to help you tell the story that you want to tell as best as you can tell it. Mm-hmm. And so and and along the way, I'm going to be struggling to figure out how we can put financing together because your idea is so fucking good that I can actually go out and get outside investors. Right. Exactly. That's kind of that's kind of that that like gold. I think of um, yeah. Did you ever hear? There's a story about Joe Fields and Joel Weisberg, who did The Americans on FX, and you know they were like, "There's we're gonna have to have sex and violence in this," and FX was like, "Fine." And then they 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 submitted their pilot script, and like some dude at FX, like the head honcho guy, came back to them and was like. 
guys, this is a dynamite idea. The problem is you need to zero in more on the married relationship between these two people. Like, Mm. that's where the juice is going to come from. And I feel like you already know that, Mm. but I'm telling you to not be afraid of it and do more. And that's one of the reasons why The Americans is so good is because there was a third party who held the keys to the castle and said, I think you already know this and I think I see you trying to get there and I just need you to know that I see it and I support that. Mm-hmm. Give it and to so, me. Yes. And was like, this Landgraf? I think that was him, yeah. Who's, who's by the way, made some fucking brilliant decisions with his so, network. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, like, by far. Pretty bold. Yeah. That is, it is one of the best, like, networks for producing original, sometimes adaptations, but more or less original content that are, that is interesting, but also, like, grabs views as well. And that's, like, an impossible task because i think he's one of those people that knows if it's a good story people will find it you know yes and like i don't it doesn't need the talking dog you know it doesn't need Mm. the toys it needs to be something that people want to see and 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 he he finds people that can do that and helps them to do it as best they can but this movie really does feel like netflix was like do you have an idea do you think it can be filmed for less than x amount of money go for it like you know they're not like going for awards consideration with this shit they just need to put out enough content to be able to keep people subscribed to netflix mm-hmm. you know and so like looky lose will come and see apostle and be like oh that's from the guy who did the raid i loved those and so like they don't have to matter they don't have to really care about it making money they don't have to care about like critics liking it or awards people going for it they just have to be able to say like did we probably keep or maybe even God willing gain enough people to like continue to put out content? Mm-hmm. And like, that's why this, that's one of the reasons why well, I hate this movie. Like it just, it doesn't feel like anyone at any point looked at the script and was like, what is the thing you were trying to say? What parts of this say that what parts can be made to help say it? And what parts can we lose? Cause like the whole question about the character of Quinn is like, at what point does he say fuck the ransom? At what point does he go completely sure. mad? And like at what point like there was never really a build up to him being like against Malcolm in the way that comes about when There's he's no like line. the one nugget that I thought he was actually going for and then he just basically spells out that it wasn't the reason is he murders his own daughter because she becomes pregnant. And I thought he he was going to try to perform an abortion on her of some kind Same. because he thought that her offspring would be an abomination because everything that tries to to uh, procreate in this island seems to just not turn out well. And I thought it was going to kind of touch on something larger of like him trying to perform a mercy on his daughter, not mad at her because she got pregnant necessarily, but mad at her because she doesn't understand that this island is tainted and her creating offspring is going to be a twisted like curse. Yes. Because we see that 
lamb get born and it's like yes, throat is inside out and it's all that's fucked right. up looking and, and so like i thought that's where it was going and then like the very next scene she's just full-on like stabbed to death and you're like oh yeah. like right. so it's you not you weren't trying to perform any kind of like surgical maneuver here you just wanted to fucking kill her because she got pregnant right it's it's, it's like um, jesus it 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 doesn't tie in at all seemingly to the religion because like even the kid says like it's against the rules like you know we're breaking the the rules of the island and she's like oh i don't care and like then we find out that like that wasn't even their first time because mm-hmm. she talks to pretty clean redhead andrea and you know, she's like, well, you know, for you to be pregnant, first you and Jeremy would have to. And the the girls like uh, frequently and constantly yeah. every moon or something. And it's yeah. like for many moons. And it's just like, oh, OK, so you two have just been like banging it out. Just ridiculous regularity. And like and so, yeah, it it, it goes from like I was like, oh, no, like the, it's going to be like the the type of thing where like you hear like an evangelical family like cast their daughter out as a whore. But instead, mm-hmm. the dad seems to be, like, annoyed that any man has touched her except for him, question mark? Uh, like, I'm, I don't I'm, know if he was spying yeah. on her because he thought something was up or if he's a incestuous pervert because it's like... I'm not sure. That's how I yeah, read it. I'm not, I'm not sure about that sequence either because he definitely... I don't know. Yeah, that's that's weird that a he knows that peephole is there, right? It's like, why do you know that peephole is there? Are you always like know that peephole is there? And why haven't they put some paper up over it? it, it, Sure (laughs) enough. Sure enough. Right. If you're taking a shit or, you know, doing whatever you're doing inside there, you're usually looking straight ahead and you might notice like a pop of light. And you're like, that's a very large hole. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know, but like, so yeah, I was, I was, I was confused as to his anger over her pregnancy. Cause like, obviously there's the, my girl is so pure and wonderful. I can't believe she would have sex at all. Um, you know, there's like that, that concern that a father has. And then, but then he, he is so furiously angry that I was like, this feels like a lover's jealousy. And it's not tinged at all with the religious fervency that I thought, even though he uses a lot of real gross language, like, you know, you let him corrupt you, his seed is inside you. Sure. And so he murders her to death, um, real bad. And then the boy comes in, because this is like, when I realized that they were truly fucked is when they show him carving a a wooden sign that (laughs) says hope. And I'm just like, why don't you just say a long, happy life together with no murder involved? <laughs> like, <laughs> My partner's like, oh, did, did he get that at Hobby Lobby? <laughs> and so he runs to get it and he comes back and the dad is there like covered in blood. And he's just like, you did this. Like you corrupted her with your seed. You put your filth inside her. And I was just like, oh, damn. And then the boy like tries to kill the dad, but the dad doesn't win. But he comes out and he's like, he murdered my daughter. And no one is like, that seems impossible. He's a dullard who is deeply in love with her and you are soaked in blood. (laughs) And instead, they take this boy and then they like vice his head and then like drill into it. In, like, an extended sequence of just unabashed cruelty that, like, adds nothing to the movie. 
except I guess to like show how the whole town is complicit in allowing it to happen. But like sure. we like we're unaware of like the religious symbology behind it. It's it's not a religious crime if it's murder. So mm-hmm. really, this just seems like a, a normal societal reaction, you know, normal in air quotes. And so it doesn't really add anything to our understanding of like the socio or theologically you know, political aspects of the island. It's just a bunch of shitty people doing a shitty thing to someone who doesn't deserve it. Sure. And then Dan Stevens doesn't even do anything. He's like stuck there watching. And then he, he kicks a corral door and then runs away. (laughs) (laughs) And then he finds the woman and he gets his hands ground up. Like, why the fuck is he chasing after, uh, the, the real Irish guy. Um, like that was, that was really weird. I didn't understand that sequence at all because the guy comes out with a shotgun, right? And he's like, I, I think he even fires at them. Frank is I'm like, you mistaken. killed my boy. People yeah. in this movie are so bad at shooting that I thought that we were supposed <laughs> to take some sort of like religious aspect from that, like in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> no. Um, but so he, takes a shot at them and is like i'm angry with you and then dan stevens gets free runs away kicks in the corral door and runs away yes but he's after the guy with the shotgun i think that he just winds up where that guy is okay but this is the nonsensical editing and narrative of this movie is that (laughs) like he shows up at the barn and the guy with the shotgun is there but then he is killed by someone else, also with a shotgun. Yeah, how do you get the shotgun? I don't know. Bandage head? I don't know. Yeah, don't yeah. Know what's up with bandage head? I don't know. I don't. Know. I don't understand. Like, there, there's there's some weird shit that's going on right there. Here, um, do we ever find because, out who bandage head is? No, no. Oh, I kept waiting for. Okay, I wasn't sure because there was a point when I was like, maybe I'm just not seeing this movie. You know, like maybe my brain isn't mm-hmm. working. Um, cause I was like, there's gotta be a face under those bandages that means something, right? Yeah, no, nope. We, we see an eyeball, I think at one point, like, and like when he puts reason. the hook in him, it seems like it's going to pull off the bandage head. And I thought it was going to be like a twin or mm-hmm. it was going to be Dan Stevens. You know, I just wasn't <laughs> sure what was happening. Mm-hmm. There's it's also been, a lot of random explosions at the end of this movie. <laughs> I don't That's think it's true. random. I think I think that whole place is fucked and it's so just I getting know. lit on fire. Yeah, I think. But why him, does that rock face explode and blow oh, the blood out of it? Because uh, the island the, is purging itself, I, I guess. guess. Yeah. Here's the thing. So so I think that the way we started talking about this was just trying to understand the, the old woman because she is locked up in in a barn and has like grown into the barn and they're like feeding her blood and like flowers flowers bloom but then immediately die which is what's happening to all their crops in the island itself and then she like grows her tendrils into dan stevens and like uh, we get like vision of something we already know (laughs) right we we get and so i'm like oh now they're gonna like show us more of the vision like we're gonna we're gonna get an answer but we only find like them finding her and then and then it cuts away and then you have Quinn being like telling the same story 
and like talking about how like yeah we like right. chained her up and like fed her rabbit blood and like i'm the one who discovered that that worked and it's like oh so quinn has always been a psychopath because who mm-hmm. finds a perfectly lovely goddess woman keeping an island happy and then says but what if we chained her up and fed her blood <laughs> Like, yeah. that's the thing. It it would be so much more interesting if, like, in the Forbidden Forest just lived this woman, and every once in a while you had to give a baby to her, the witch style, and then you could be like, sure, you have this power, but, like, is it worth what you're paying to get it? But in this in this way, they're like, this goddess seemed totally cool. We wanted to see if we could kick her into overdrive. And quinn is talking about how like i'm gonna keep you two here and the fruit of your womb is gonna like be the blood that like feeds the goddess so apparently he was like the animals aren't doing it anymore and she doesn't seem to like people i'm just gonna feed her a baby Hmm. why like why doesn't the conversation ever turn to like what if we let her go like he keeps talking about her like a machine and this is where like my issues with like the religious aspect comes from because like what are you trying to say about religion and its ability to be perverted if you have a literal God and the people who are doing terrible things in their name aren't even getting what they want from her? Mm-hmm. Like in the Wicker Man, you know, Sergeant Howie is like, you know, this is crazy. Like burning me alive isn't going to bring your crops back. And they don't care because they just haven't done it in a while. And they figure like, we better, we better try. And you don't. Like, it could just be their mania, or it could work, you know? Like, it it does, you don't get that answer. But you can see the historical reason why they would think that it might. And in this, like, you have a living, breathing entity that used to work and now is not. And, like, it, it just doesn't make any sense on that aspect. Like, the Wicker Man is a much better exp- exploration of this idea because, like, the religious and political are tied up together because religiously they're sacrificing this man for their cross. Politically, you had to get an entire goddamn town to be totally cool with this con. Mm -hmm. And in this movie, it's like we've got the scared extras and then we've got like the crazy leather wearing people. And then we've got twitchy ass Dan Stevens. I think we also that was meant to be the, the prophecy on the cave walls, which obviously goes nowhere, but I, I'm wondering if we should be connecting that in terms of why they chained this uh, blood goddess. You, you know, like the the cave paintings, as, as you know, crude as they are, I mean, they do show, uh, you know, the goddess on some type of pedestal. And um, I don't know, that, there's definitely like someone bleeding or I don't, I don't know if it's if they're feeding it in the, in the picture, but there is at least that prophecy in the cave painting. So maybe that's what Quinn sees as his ultimate destiny. I'm not agreeing with that, but I'm just, uh, I think that that's just making a, taking a guess. Yeah. That's where my issue with like the editing and the narrative and like everything really like the whole storytelling aspect of this movie falls apart because I don't feel confident about anything. Like, I watched this movie on Friday night and I, I literally right now feel like I'm watching a movie that I only like heard a friend talk about. <laughs> like I like some, someone on Twitter might come up and be like, Hey, don't, do you remember this part where they explained all that? And I just will have to believe them <laughs> because like, I'm not going to watch it again. And uh, you know, sure. if it sounds plausible enough, I'll be like, Oh, I just forgot about that. 
<laughs> like, you I know, just, and like, why does his key have like a barb on it? And why did he I, only I notice that once he that. cut his finger? <laughs> I didn't understand that at all. And then, and then what is the thing underneath? Is it, is it sure. the witch? The, yeah, like the goddess appears to be able to project herself outwards. That's, oh my God, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because she, she appears to be under the floorboards and then she also yes. appears to him in the tunnel. And Michael Sheen is like, you know, why did you show yourself to him? Like, he's not going to feed you. He's not going to do this other stuff. And it's like, well, like, you're not doing a great job of this fucking shit either, bro. Yeah, apparently. And like, even if she though, can do that, then why isn't she doing town, it to everyone to be like, I'm stuck in the barn? <laughs> even though everybody in the town is like bloodletting themselves. And like, we see that creepy sequence where like this woman is bloodlet by her, uh, I guess her husband. And then is like reaching towards her child. Like, do you want some of this? And it's like, no, (laughs) why are you offering? It appears as though, though this is something else that's not really ever visited in the movie again. It appears as though every person in the, in the, in the village is bloodletting to try to find the person whose blood the, the goddess wants. And I guess, like, Dan Stevens just got some good-ass blood, you know? But, like, they never show anyone collecting the blood. They never show, like, a pile of empty jars and just being like, why is no one's blood working? Interesting. I never never really put that together, but... but Well, that's the annoying thing about this movie. (laughs) Yes, yes. There's so many interesting aspects that could have played into this, where it's like, you have that. Like, what if every day he saw like people bloodletting, or like, what if what if it was sure. openly them talking about like, you know, oh well, I bloodlet last night, but now it's my husband's turn because like you can only do this so much. Like, or mm-hmm. it's like all new people line up, we're gonna bleed you. Yeah, don't I, worry, it's I not gonna be too much. Like, I we just need to see. I didn't understand why they didn't just do this publicly. Like, why is this a behind the scenes thing? You know, if if you're going to put your jars of blood on the outside of your door and everybody has to have a jar of blood on the outside of the door, there is no longer a secret about people bloodletting. So why don't you just do this publicly? And then there's no confusion. There's no like, oh, you didn't turn in your blood today. Like, yeah. no, well, everybody lines up every day bloodlets and then you you're and, on your way and an even better idea how about you you take all the new people to your barn just have them bleed a hand directly into the goddess's mouth because then sure. you've proven that you have a like sure. a holy goddess and you can check and see if their blood works but then the crazy thing is that i feel like if they found someone whose blood worked they'd grind their bones and like pour them down her gullet. But like at that point, that person should be the most important person in your religion. Exactly. Like, and that should not, maybe not deity wise, but maybe you continue to feed that person and continue to keep them healthy. And then every few weeks they go bloodlet either willingly or non-willingly. Well, like yeah, that's, it's, that's, it's like that's going to be the bargain. It's right? the same weird fucking issue that I have with the, the, the Hulu thing, the, um, what is it? The 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 midwives' tale, handmaid's tale, handmaid's tale. Because like I I watched like the first couple episodes of that and couldn't get into it because like I felt like they did a very poor job of setting up this theocratic cult or whatever that had like taken over the country. Because like to my mind, if you have a fertility crisis, 
suddenly the most important people in your life are the people who can have children. And they should be like shipped to an island where they are fed grapes by trained parrots and (laughs) sunned all day and just like have no stress whatsoever because that is what is important in keeping a, 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 a infant in the womb happy and healthy. Like mm-hmm. you should not be like caging and abusing these people. You should be they like they should be the gods and you're not gods, the goddesses of your society. Like they and should so, be worshipped. I, I've read the book, uh, Brian, and, and I've seen all of the first season and, and a bit of the second season. Like, I, I I see what you're you're saying there. And that does happen to an extent to, I guess, spoilers-ish for Handmaid's Tale. Um, but, like, that does happen to people who get further along in right. the gestation process. Right, and a friend of mine process. told me that the book is like a, like a friend of mine who – worships the book hates that tv series and so now i'm probably gonna have to read the book because i trust her um but she had a lot of the same problems i did she was like oh they changed so much they do and and it's like if if she's kind of like they changed it so that it would be like a power thing for like tv like people would love it because the book is like much more upsetting and goes into more detail she's like but you're the type of cerebral motherfucker who would love the book so but like that's just what I'm talking about. Like if you're going to create a cult for your story, you really need to like drill down and figure out why the fuck things are happening for that cult. And this movie doesn't do that even a little bit. Well, I think, I I think one of the jokes I've heard some people say is that this feels like a a mini series that has been uh, put down into feature length. But like, Mm -hmm. even if we just want to be, I'm not saying we want to be script doctor, but I'm just saying that there are, so many early things in here that, as you're saying, like distract from that fundamental purpose that like the rest of the story would cohesively and organically develop from. Like you think about the fact that, um, you know, when they make the mistake of the wrong person getting picked, um, yeah, you know, his – his wife is with them and then she's chained up as they try to find another co-conspirator or, or excuse me, a co-conspirator with her who also, you know, wants to, you know, I, threaten the cult in some way. I, even that's not coherent, but like, uh, like I, I think you're, you're right, Brian, like that. This is, is such a story that like we would have to start making jumps to even, uh, try to even suggest those things about bloodletting and, and, and things like that. And, and that says something really damning uh, about uh, a narrative and, and storytelling that, that works in this way. And like, I don't, I don't want to make a bad face suggestion about like Gareth Evans uh, abilities and, and things, but like, I also can't help but think when I think about the dialogue and the way things move in this film, they are extremely simplistic. Mm-hmm. And like the things we're talking about requires uh, like a sense of coordination and orchestration that like I don't think his films have previously shown. Right. The, the like, film you know, is I, in a big hurry to get to a lot of things. And it just doesn't take the time to like set up its world at all or like set up the rules. And so like it becomes exceedingly difficult to like stick with it and understand 
why anything is happening. And then at a certain point, you're like, I guess nothing is supposed to make sense. But like, sure. it's weird because you don't even get the disorientation of of like a character who doesn't understand what's going on. Like, if you're yeah. in a situation, if you walk into someone else's religious ceremony, you know, it's going to feel real fucking weird to you. But you will probably get a sense that there is some internal logic at work. Mm-hmm. And and you don't get that in this movie because it doesn't really feel like they've come up with that. So like just like in in general, if I were to create a a movie or something or a book about a cult, you know, my first job as the person creating this story would be to like sit down and write up the entire goddamn story of this cult and like know what sure. they have to do every single day. You know, like I had friends who would come over to my house on Fridays during Lent and they'd be like, hooray, like it's pizza night. And then like we'd get our pizza and it would all be cheese. Right. Sure. And they'd be like, oh, I thought you really loved pepperoni. And I'd be like, oh, I do. But like Fridays during Lent, I can't. And like, so it must have been for them like a weird headspace where they're just like, why is there no meat? Like it's a pizza that should have pepperoni and sausage on it. Brian loves pepperoni and sausage. Why is Brian not eating pepperoni and sausage? What have they done to Brian? He, he is a literal meat lover. Yeah. The meat lover pizza is crafted just for me. But like, you know, instead they were just like, oh, okay. You know, you said on Fridays during some ceremony, we don't do X. And so now I have yeah. that. And in this movie, it's like, are only the new people bloodletting? Is everyone bloodletting? Is it literally just that family? No, because there's other things in the floor. But like, then he just pours some blood into his jar. Hey, what about the next day? Like, people are going to be like, "What? Do you have any cuts on your arm, you son of a bitch? Did you steal mm-hmm. our blood? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you come to our room and steal yeah, our blood? My 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 blood jar has a watermark on it. Huh. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> It's it almost looks half empty. I don't know what the fuck's going Could've on. Sworn here. I put more blood in there. <laughs> <laughs> I think our neighbor's stealing our blood, honey. Oh, you said the same thing about the newspaper, and we found them on the roof. It's fine, Johnny. <laughs> I, I think the one other thing to to mention, because I, I just want to mention the filmmaking one more time, and, and how it lets down this movie is, you know, I, I think. I don't think I would have used the word stream of consciousness if only because it also denotes a certain sense of like stylistic tick to me. And that's what's so strange about this as well is like this disorientation we're talking about. Like that doesn't show up in the filmmaking at all, like other than things being shoddy. So it's it's such a strange idea. Like, you know, even if we I, I hesitate to, you know, try to make parallels between something like this and hereditary or something. But when you think about, for instance, how that film establishes a baseline or or, or at least somewhat of a baseline of what someone looks like as a normal person, like normal Mm -hmm. with quotation marks and then showing how that curdles. And like this film misses so many of those basic arcs that would even give us some type of like, uh, sorry, yeah, even some type of key to understand this story. Like, like that's what is just so baffling to me uh, about the way that this, it, not even the way that this moves from minute to minute, but like what it's trying to do from a larger sense and then doing some, we didn't even talk about the, the fucking bullshit where he's the new 
I don't know. He's the new God on the Island for some reason. Maybe. I don't know. It's possible that he is. I mean, he dies and stuff grows around him, but I think again, I think we're sort of led to believe that the Island likes his blood. Cause like the, Why? the goddess is under the floorboards, like licking it up. Like it's like, it's goddamn, I don't even know. Coca Cola. Hawaiian punch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they have that weird insert shot where she's just like, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, Oh, finally, they got me something with some caffeine in it. Yeah. yeah. And then part of me was like, is it because he's on opium? I don't know. Or is it know. just because he's like the sweetest blood? Like, it, you know, they give they it's it doesn't it ever makes a lick of sense. Um, this movie oh, made me say the term him, a the lick of sense, which is annoying <laughs> on and of itself. But I mean, like. There's just a bunch of there's a bunch of stuff like that. Like there's so many things that in this I feel like a a, a person like a, who doing a second pass on the script could pull out some stuff and make something really interesting. Uh-huh. But like all we have is this. All we have is this, and it's and then it's it's so it just becomes frustrating. Yeah, you know, like it's um yeah. his whole backstory where he was like assaulted by the Chinese for trying to bring Jesus to them. You know, and he I was that was hilarious. I was like, oh man. It's like a worse version of silence. Oh mm-hmm. man. You know? And it's just like I don't know I don't know why you make us wait for that. Like certain of these things would be better up front. Like yes. knowing that he's been yeah, assaulted why, why, for why his religion there, by why people is who your flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Like like and the whole story of this island. Like give me that flashback right from the get-go. And then I know what the hell I'm I'm getting myself into, and then keep keep doling out little bits of more information. Maybe it isn't some kind of supernatural thing. Maybe it's just them making shit up. Right. Have him think like, oh, like this is the crazy thing about a movie like this. When you have someone coming new to a community that is a religious community, is you have every possible reason to just belch backstory. Yes. Into it. Like <laughs> yeah. have him be on the yeah. boat. And at, someone at is like, point, Oh, you know, who are you? Where are you from? And he could be like, my name is Thomas Richardson. And I was a uh, Catholic missionary, or I guess not Catholic cause he's British. You know, I, mean, I was a Christian missionary to China and they murdered my people and then branded me on the back. And so I've had a real bad time with religion. And they're like, Oh wow. And he's like, well, that's why I'm coming here to like, try to find God again. Cause I've heard that these people have really nailed it down. And then, the first like religious ceremony instead of Mar- My- Michael Sheen, right? Michael yes. Sheen. Yeah, not Martin Sheen. <laughs> um, how much better would this be with Martin Sheen? Um, Michael Sheen stands up and he's like, "All right, new people, here's the deal. Like, say the whole thing about like you know the the stranded and the three people and we washed up on the shores, and then have him literally say, we found a goddess on this island, and this is what's up now.'" Like, I don't even know if this, I don't know what the hell's going on with this, with this religion. Because again, he just comes off as like, sort of egalitarian, but without like, we never really get like an idea of the theology. He should literally say like, we found this island, this like chosen place, the spirit of the island provides for us and gives to us so long as we give to her. And Dan Stevens could be like, ha, yeah, just like you know, you eat the body and blood of Christ, but like, it's just like crackers and wine. And then suddenly he's like, Oh shit, there is literally a woman who they are feeding blood to like, Mm -hmm. you can do all that and you can put all that up. So you're not just stringing along these little things that then come out at the worst possible moments 
and just confuse an already confused issue. Let me ask you this. This community looks a little a little haphazard at times, right? Yeah, I mean the the log cabins and whatever look like log cabins kind of of the day they look they look a little bit probably nicer than you would expect but they look like log cabins and then he opens up a bible and it looks brand oh my god it's a fucking gorgeous bible it's got it's got gold (laughs) on the exterior like like the the it's got an individual cover yeah it looks fucking immaculate and you're just like whoa where is the printing press? Where is like the manufacturer that's making <laughs> well, that's this? The, thing? So I thought I thought this was like a community in exile. Like you know, I thought it was like we were gaining real traction on the mainland, but then the the government like cast us away, and so here we are. But like mm-hmm. they sort of appear to have only really cut. But like that's why they were on the prison ship, wasn't it? Because that's what he was talking about. I don't even I don't even know what the origin of this of of them it felt like they are. It felt like, like I, they were a religious movement and then uh-huh. they were going to get shunted off to like a prison and then they escaped the boat and then came so to this island and found like Australia or something. Right, and they found like this goddess on this island. But like if that's so then you'd think they'd need to update their bibles a little bit. And like I don't know, it just it felt like the goddess was like a happy accident and like they didn't really work her at all into yeah, what no, they were doing. It, yeah. It, it doesn't feel like they were worshiping this goddess and then stumbled upon the island where she actually manifests herself. Right. No, they they in turn continued to worship the way that they wanted to. And on the side, secretly, they feed this goddess blood. Right. So I it's guess. like it's like if I was if I went to a small island and was like I'm here to spread the word of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and then I found that there was a lizard creature living in a cave that if I set someone on fire in front of it would give like good harvest. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Okay, I'm keeping the Jesus thing as my front, but I'm going to burn people in front of this lizard thing so I can keep getting mangoes." Sure. Like, and, is that and all I need is, is a, <laughs> and and I guess all I need is a sinner every few weeks so right. I can burn them alive. <laughs> but, so, and, but like, I don't or, know. At that point, yeah. I feel like if you've got the real thing, just lead with the real thing. Sure. Like, why keep you up know. the ruse? <laughs> and 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 certainly, certainly like all hail the lizard I, creature. <laughs> yes, I and and I, I agree with you, Brian, because so much religion and so much of that push and pull is show me a miracle, right? Mm-hmm. Show me something to believe in, and if I feed this creature blood, and all of a sudden flowers start and start to blossom, I'm going to be like. Well, you showed me something, you know, like at least at some level there's, you know, and certainly a lot of people are going to be like, well, that's witchcraft. And it's like, okay, yeah, sure. But, um, also like you asked me to show you something and here we go. Like, do you want to believe in this thing? Cause it's actually doing something, you know, it's like, okay. That's huh. the thing. Like, yeah, I just like, you know, like, so you will about every it. world religion, but like they believe in the things that they say. You know, they're not like, we're going to keep up talking about, you know, the Torah and everything, but we really know that the world is run by a giant Rubik's Cube. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's so weird and it doesn't make any sense. And the movie like tries not at all to make it make sense. So like if you come to this movie looking for like an interesting cult tale, you're going to be annoyed. If you come looking for like a killer violent action movie, you're going to be annoyed. If you come, I don't know. I don't know what you could come to this movie looking for and like get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <sighs> it's it, it just really falters in so yeah. many ways. Uh the word falters makes me think of a better cult film faults mm. check Fault that out good. that's a great it, movie d- that's the that's the uh one with uh mary elizabeth winstead yes i got to do a bunch of interviews for that that was that was a lot of fun talking yeah to we that. uh we reviewed that um on this uh, on this year's show oh yeah yeah i didn't Leland i Orser. Think- Yes, I don't think I was uh, part of that that podcast specifically. I think y'all did that without me. Yeah, I m- might not have been doing podcasts at that time. So. Yeah, you might not have been a regular at that point. But yeah, um, Faults is a great one. You know, the Path on Hulu was like a perfectly fine show. You know, and that's another one that like had had that push pull of like the political and the believer and everything else. And like that. Okay. Let me, let me ask this. And I, I know, I know more than likely Brian's answer already. Um, has there been a Netflix original film that any of us liked? I, I did like, uh, the one with, uh, uh, new girl guy. Um, that was Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. The, the one where he's got a gamble. What? Let me, (laughs) Oh, 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 win it all. Yeah. Yeah, I, that was fun. I didn't, uh, I was not aware that he had a Netflix original thing. I, I love him. I might watch that. It's, it's good. It's good. It's called win yeah. it all. Oh, it's from 2017. Uh, here's yeah. the thing. I, I, I sort of liked beasts of no nation. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like I had mm-hmm. a fairly positive review of that film. I really liked set it up. Yeah, I did. I did too. Mudbound. I liked I didn't see Mudbound. I really wanted to. I feel Mudbound like, was bought, though. Right, and that's the thing. I feel like there are certain Meyerowitz. films that Meyerowitz they... was good. Yeah. I'm sorry, what was that one? Meyerowitz Stores. Oh, yeah, I enjoyed the, that. Uh, Hoffman and Stiller. I, I feel like the problem is that it's like just super hit and miss, because there might be some where they like get someone who can do a good thing. Like I feel like Meyerowitz Stories, didn't he say he was never going to deal with Netflix again, though? Because he didn't like the know. rollout. I don't know. I don't but know. like he's he he strikes me as a much more like consummate and assured storyteller. Sure. Right. So I feel like he he gets he got it. Like he was able to take that and like have a creative group around him that like helped him out. And you know I haven't seen one at all, but like you know uh, set it up was pretty good. You know I enjoyed that. It's it's not super original or anything, but it was fun. Glenn Powell, good guy. Um. So I just huge. I feel like they they their hit to miss ratio is super super low. Like I didn't like Mute which which they financed. Um I didn't like Cloverfield Paradox which they like bought for oh, a song. Man. <laughs> that, that was this year. That was yeah, this goddamn yep. year. <laughs> What and so, roll, super like what a, what a cool rollout though. Like like for real like not good movie but badass way to like roll out a film but also like yeah Bullshit that- roll <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's that's what you that's kind of, it's like the the um it's, 
it, it really strikes me as like the uh, like what's his name painting the fence. Tom Ooh. Sawyer painting a fence, just like ah, oh, painting a fence sure is fun, and like you just convince people that like they should do it, and they were just like, oh, this movie's coming out like in fifteen minutes, and you're just like, well, that's crazy. Like I need to be a part of that because you have literally no other experience by which to to judge it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. no critics have seen it. You have yeah. heard literally nothing about it. Like you haven't even had shitty trailers to go sure. off of. So you're just like, well, it's happening now. And like, I want to be able to say that, like, I watched that Netflix movie that came out immediately. Like, and mm-hmm. I did. And it was terrible. Yeah. Did you see the Super Bowl? Did you see the movie after the Super Bowl? It's like, oh, OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they got their they got their impressions and their clicks. And oh, hell yeah, they did. To them. <laughs> I feel like Amazon Studios has had a much better track record. But oh, I think one of the sure. problems is that Netflix dilutes their own brand by doing things like buying the Cloverfield Paradox and like taking BBC shows that have never aired on American television and then calling them Netflix originals. Mm-hmm. You know, like every day there's like 12 new Netflix original things up and like I don't know what's being produced by them. I don't know what's just being distributed by them. They're they're just they're just a giant tap that has been fucking open like full on yeah (laughs) and everything else compared to them is like a delightful pour of a pint and they're over here just fucking fire hosing that shit and you're just like i don't like every now and then you'll taste it and you'll be like yeah that kind of tastes good and then sometimes you'll taste it and you'll be like no that that didn't taste very good (laughs) it's like you know you got you've got your like you know, your craft distilled aged for 18 years in a barrel thing. But then over there, you've got Uncle Spud's moonshine whiskey. And you're like, mm-hmm. why is it called yeah, Uncle if, Spud's? If, like, why if, is it? If you want to get fucked up, you go for the for the moonshine. But if this is the Zelco. Wanna, yeah, yeah. This is if not the wanna... Belvedere or the Grey Goose. This is the Zelco mm-hmm. of content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it the comes thing. in the plastic bottle. You know. That when I talk about Amazon, I'm like they're films, Amazon Studios films, and for Netflix, it's like they're content, like they're they're shit that they shovel into the fire. Like you know, if you just have a coal engine that you need to keep fed, you don't need to make sure that you have the highest quality ingredients that you're throwing into it. Yeah. Honestly, as long as they keep putting out the things that I really like, like uh, Bojack Horseman, and and, no, if they keep giving budget to something like Terrace House, I don't really care what Netflix does. Like they can honestly, yeah. I I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you guys about the 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 many shovelware, but like I also kind of love that I have an easy way to watch a lot of these things that aren't on English television. Like for instance, I'm watching a, a, a Spanish show called elite right now, which I don't particularly like, but I kind of love <laughs> that there's no other way that I'd be able to watch it. And it has an entirely different sensibility, just as like many of these foreign language things are things that wouldn't really come to American, uh, televisions in easy ways. Like yeah. just as like early seasons of Terrace house, like I can't, See, unless I. Are you saying terrorist house? Terrace house. A terrace. Terrace, terrace like a like a building thing. Like you step out onto the terrace. Correct. Okay. Not terrorist (laughs) house. 
Although I terrorist ke- house is fun to say. I kept hearing terrorist house, and I was like, "That's what I, that's what I was hearing too." And we've I'm got like, a Bosque separatist, an IRA member, and two Al Qaeda members, and we've put them in a house filled with cameras. Let's see what happens on this season of Terrorist House. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> when a crazy white ring white supremacist three oh, no. percenter is added to the house, things get ugly. <laughs> Oh boy! Yikes! Yeah. This season on terrorist <laughs> Anyways, house. Okay, right. <laughs> I think we're good. I think we're done. He's a seventy-year-old former member of the Weather Underground. Boy, um, <laughs> find so me on Twitter been, pitching terrorist house. <laughs> this has been the Apostle. Yeah, it's just Apostle. Yeah, it's just Apostle. The Apostle's another movie. <laughs> yeah, The Apostle is Robert Duvall. Interesting. Yep. This is just Apostle, starring Dan Stevens and Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen, who has, like, one scene where he gets to have fun, and that's the one where he cuts his hand open. Sure. Ah, oh, Jesus. He's like, first of all, um, I don't know why... I. <laughs> I don't know why everyone who wants to make a point in a movie cuts their hand. They grab the knife... You're going to, like, slice a tendon open, you know? Maybe cut your upper arm. I don't know. That's, that's weird. But that, that, that's just another one of the things that pissed me off about this movie. Because I, w- I got, like, interested in that moment. I'm like, oh, shit. They're going to, like, he's going to become his right-hand man, and that's how he's going to figure shit out. And, like, he's going to nope. become the DiCaprio <laughs> to Nicholson's, you know, whatever. And instead he's like, I'm going to have this one moment where I solidify our bond, and then you're immediately going to go out and, like, ruin it all. <laughs> so dumb anyway that's apostle it's on netflix don't watch it um i will say there's a couple netflix films i've heard really good things about because we've been hating on them so long i will say i've heard very good things about the kindergarten teacher private life and um to all the boys oh i've loved God. before uh no i've watched that that was shit oh and jesus people are, people are lying about that being good uh well okay but yeah that's a hot take yeah, from michael no, I'm, I'm really angry i i really enjoyed set it up i'm really angry that people keep saying all oh, the boys i've loved before is good because it is super not but yeah she's gonna be a star so that's that's good <laughs> well that's fine okay great um just one final controversial view from michael mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right well that's it um if you want if you want a uh, a movie streaming service that doesn't just shovel content at you and, in fact, has a very limited selection and curators who specifically pick each movie instead of just taking whatever a studio puts into a bin behind itself because they don't want to release it, you should try Mubi, the online streaming cinema where every day they introduce a new film. You have a constantly rotating selection of 30 films to choose from. Earlier we talked about Shivers. 1975 film from David Cronenberg. There's a bunch of great stuff on right now. Here's a one that I'm just seeing with a very interesting name. Um, this is from their Chinese Independence Part 2 series. It is called Till Madness Do Us Part. It's a good name. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what it's about. And I'm not going to look it up. I just wanted to say that name out loud. <laughs> uh, Horrific October is still going on. So make sure to check that out because uh, we still got another week or two left of that. And it's going to come out with some good shit. So if you would like a free 30-day trial of Mubi, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. And now let us tell the fine people at home where we can be found between now and the next time that we scream in their ears about how we felt about a movie. Let's start with Bill Graham. 
Mm. Uh, you can find me staying off of Netflix and sourcing all of my current movies from Blu-rays instead uh, on Twitter at CableBFG. And you can also find me on uh, the Film Stage Slack channel where yeah. we're still mixing it up. There's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of constant content being produced right now that everybody is like, have you seen this? And we're just like, no. Guys, <laughs> we have lives. 15 other things instead. The other Netflix of our lives. Yes. <laughs> All right, Michael Snydell. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Snydell. And um, if you haven't checked it out, the first part of the Chicago International Film Festival podcast is out there where uh, me and Max and O'Connell talked about uh, a number of big festival uh, festival films, including uh, Ashes, Juris White, and um, other things that I'm not thinking of. But also, he gets to really rant about a four-hour Watergate documentary that he really hated, and it's really, really entertaining to hear about. Um, and the second half of that podcast will come out um, the beginning of this week, so look forward to that. And, uh, yeah, that you can see some of the films I've been watching at SIF on Letterboxd. Nice. And, of course, you can find me pitching Terrorist House on Twitter <laughs> at Brian J. Rowan. Keep it going. It's going to be great, guys. Terrorist House. Check it out. Um, what else? Uh, my personal site, brianjrowan.com and dearfilm.net. I'm going to start trying to write more for those now that I've had to go through the pain and the heartache of setting up a brand new website. And um, that's uh, that's about it. Find me on all the social medias by searching Brian J. Rowan. And of course, you can find more from all of us on thefilmstage.com, where, of course, you can find every episode that has ever been produced of this show, as well as uh, the B-side and Michael's SIF dispatches so ladies and gentlemen uh, what are we talking about next week suspiria oh <laughs> goody okay uh next week is suspiria um we're also going to try to put out a classic review of the original suspiria before then so keep your eyes peeled for those ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining us and tune in next time Some has come to you.